Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that brings you the best and the brightest in the world of startups and innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, founder of InsideOutside.io, a provider of research, events, and consulting services that help innovators and entrepreneurs build better products, launch new ideas, and compete in a world of change and disruption. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat to the latest thinking, tools, tactics, and trends in collaborative innovation. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, and as always, we have another amazing guest. Today, we have James Gill. If you don't know James, he is the founder and CEO of GoSquared. GoSquared is a analytics live chat automation platform that we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that. We are a big user of GoSquared, and I thought I would connect with James to talk a little bit about this whole idea of entrepreneurship, innovation, design, and some of the fun things that they're building out there across the pond in London. So James, welcome to the show. Hi, Brian. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on the call. I think we met through mutual friends, John Henry Moeller, who's actually speaking at one of our events this week. Cool. He recommend that uh, we reach out and talk to you because you've got a eclectic background and you've been in the space <laughs> of entrepreneurship and innovation probably since you were a wee lad. A wee so, lad, yeah. <laughs> yes. So why don't we start there? My understanding is you started Go Squared when you were like 14, 15 years old. And uh, <laughs> even though it's a startup, it's been around for a little bit of time. So why don't we start there and give the audience a little bit of background of how you got to be the founder and CEO of a, a great company. Thank you, Brian. And thanks, John Henry, for putting us in touch. Much appreciated. I mean, I don't know if there's any such thing as like a typical startup story or entrepreneurial journey. When you get into everyone's backgrounds, they're always a bit weird, I think. But in terms of how we got to here, I started the company Go Squared back when I was at school with a few friends. And we were just in our, as you say, we lads and uh, in our teen years. and we were all a, a little bit geeky, I would say, and we'd always wanted to run our own company. And this was like early 2000, sort of 2006, 2007, that time. So even pre-iPhone, I was always into design and I had a few friends who were quite into their coding, Jeff and JT. And we were just essentially, to make a little bit of pocket money on the side, started building websites for people, anyone that would take notice of us. So our friends, family, and we started building websites for all sorts of people and made a little bit of money on the side to buy lunch, whatever we'd spend it on. And, and that was how we got together. And over time, we kept on building these websites and found it was nice for a bit. But one of the things that really frustrated us was that when we'd give a website over to a client, the client being maybe mom or dad or a friend or family <laughs> member, we would end up wanting to you know, have these really basic requirements like They'd want to know who was coming to their website, how it was performing, or they'd want to put some sort of tool on there to like talk to the visitors on their website. And back then, there was hardly anything out there for this. And all the tools were pretty ugly, pretty hard to use. If they weren't ugly, they were expensive. So the space was just really messy and horrible. And we just thought, you know, what if we could build something to give people for analytics? What if we could give our clients a nicer sort of live chat? to put on their site. And that was kind of what got us thinking, like maybe instead of building websites for a living, we could maybe start building software that would sell on a subscription basis. And that was sort of what got us started. And we built an analytics tool very early on that was real time and live. And we just built something that we wanted ourselves and that we thought our clients would want. And yeah, the rest is history, I guess. We started seeing a lot of success from that. And in the early days, we were still struggling to get clients, but we eventually managed to start building a bit of momentum and started building a recurring revenue subscription SaaS business off of it. 
and then it got exciting. So yeah, that was kind of the start of our journey. I, I don't know how much further to go into it, but <laughs> you seem to be on the edge of a couple new trends that we're seeing here and on the forefront mm. of it. One of the trends that I see more and more is this move to not just software as a service, but no code applications, you know, the ability to take snippet of code from a company, yeah. drop it into your website and you have this unlimited functionality that you didn't have yeah. <laughs> or, or you had to build out yourself. So what are sure. some of the things and trends that you're seeing in that space that allow entrepreneurs and innovators to get up and going faster and experiment and, and build things mm. that could never be built before? You're right. It's such an exciting time, I think. Like when we started doing this, you know, people who had websites were still in the minority and, you know, you had to have a pretty good idea of how to build a site or if you wanted someone to build a site for you, you'd have to have quite a lot of money. And so the market for what we were doing originally wasn't necessarily huge. And, you know, fast forward to today and, and literally everyone and their dog has got a website right. of some sort or an online presence. And also adding on top of that, just the growing trends to be an entrepreneur, it's such a desirable thing these days to run your own business, whether or not it's a full-time thing or a side thing. The number of people who want to have their own business, their own web site, their own online presence is just exploded. We've always felt that by doing what we're doing at Go Squared, we've always seen ourselves as a small business. We've always wanted to work with small businesses and early stage businesses. We've never been too bothered about selling to huge, huge enterprises. We've frankly never known much about how to do that either. And so we've always tried to build a product and a platform that is ideal for companies just starting out. When you look at today, you watch an average TV break, even on UK television, and you see the likes of GoDaddy and Squarespace and people like this advertising about how you can build a website in five minutes. These kinds of people are also great customers for us. And we try and integrate with as many of these tools wherever you're building a website, essentially, whether it's Squarespace or whether it's WordPress site or Shopify. We just try and make sure GoSquared is as easy to use with those tools as possible. No one's got time to learn to code if they're trying to start their business right. and trying to sell something or whatever and we just try and make it as easy as click 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 and you're in and and then we just make everything in the product as easy to do by just point your mouse here and click there type there and, and you're good to go we've always tried to make it as easy as possible to get started and the easier we can make it the quicker we can get someone to be a, a sign up into someone being successful with our product so maybe we can <laughs> dig into that a little bit from a product design development process yeah did you base your new feature functionality on market requests or talk a little bit about how do you go about deciding what to <laughs> develop and, and why to develop it? Yeah, that's such a great topic of conversation, Brian. I mean, I don't want to take your whole day talking about that. But <laughs> <laughs> my background is very much in, you know, I love design. I love everything about design in all walks, not just online and digital, but in physical product design as well. Go Square, they definitely see my responsibility in our, our product design efforts. And yeah, I talk to a lot, a lot of people about this and things all over and everyone has like a different process of <laughs> deciding how to build something and what to build next. And I feel like everyone's in search of this, you know, the ultimate dream answer, but I think it just, it works differently depending on the company you're running. There's some companies like Google and Facebook that like to take a lot of data in and like to make a lot of decisions based on their huge data sets. And a lot of people try and copy their ideas there of like of using data and it's, it became very attractive to sort of go to the data. The data has all the answers. Right. I would strongly advocate that a lot of product design decisions, they don't just come from data and analysis. Like the, the analysis is good for helping you ultimately be more confident about making certain calls. But I think a lot of product design does come from having 
a lot of good intuition and, and also just talking to customers as much as you can. I think for us, what we certainly try to do is take insights and info from a lot of different places. So generally, we try as hard as we can to engage with our customers all the time, every single day, understanding just how they're using the product, understanding what kinds of businesses they're running, like how we fit into their lives. And we also have a lot of ideas of our own that we want to bring to the table that we don't necessarily ever get asked for. And uh, I think over time, we've gotten a little bit more confident about putting our own thoughts out there and not necessarily everything in the product has to be asked for by a customer. Sometimes you can bring things to the product that really like blow people away or, or really wow people that they would never have ever bothered asking for or never even knew they wanted. We always try and take a bunch of different inputs to make, make those decisions. Can you give me an example of that where maybe it was, again, not something being directly asked for by the customer set, but some insight that you drew upon that you said, hey, this is something that we should at least test or experiment in the marketplace? That's a great question. There's been a few things. In fact, some of the stuff we've done in our onboarding has been really interesting. When you first sign up for GoSquared and when, you know, any product, when you first sign up for it, it's so hard and so difficult to get someone from being a curious or maybe even skeptical new user through to becoming a happy or successful user. Mm-hmm. And you want to try and do that as quickly as possible. You want to try and do it as frictionlessly as possible. And I think in that flow, you rarely hear from people about what they want to see improved. You often just don't hear from people at all. <laughs> you often just lose them or you only get the people that make it all the way through and they're the successful ones. So it's often a very difficult area of product to get direct customer feedback from we do a lot of user testing to watch people go through that but we also have a lot of ideas that we just come up with and want to test out and try out so there's a few things that we found have been successful in getting people to value quicker but also making the experience a little bit more fun so for instance when you first sign up for go squared at the moment one of the things we really want you to do is integrate go squared with your website so put the code on your website And one of the nice things about the platform is because everything's real time, as soon as you put the code on your site or install it, we'll instantly show you all the visitors on your website around the world on a world map. And so you instantly get this value, like the moment you put that code on your site. And so it's a really fun little thing because we do go to the effort, like even in that setup experience of showing you all these little dots of your real visitors on your site. Whereas like, you know, we've looked at a lot of other people in our space and a lot of other companies that do the same kind of flow. And. It's a much duller experience where you're like trying to get someone to put a code on and then you're like, did that work? I hope it worked. And there's like a little notice once you get into the product that says data may be delayed by 12 hours or more. And so you're sort of left guessing. And that first run experience for a lot of products in our space is a really like tricky, maybe it's hard to get past and it's a tricky one to get through for a lot of people. And you're always left with this little bit of doubt as to whether you actually installed it correctly. So that's an area where we just keep on iterating and, and trying ideas out where we just want to make it as immediate and as quick and as fun as possible once you're in to get past that step. So yeah, lots of other stuff like that, you know, going forward as well, lots of things around, like it's a bit of an overused buzzword, but the idea of like gamification where you want to move people through these steps and you just want to make it as immediate and as fun and as exciting to do as possible so that people like are hungry to do more. That's sort of an area that we've really had a lot of fun with so far. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So you obviously probably have seen a lot of websites being developed and put out there. Are you seeing new trends or best practices from that perspective as far as how people are bringing new products to life or introducing new services into their businesses? 
And I think it's interesting, like looking at different ends of any industry, but I, I think one of the things I find very exciting in the more B2B sort of software market is that more and more software is just being adopted, like from the bottom up. So right. rather than like having a smart sale in suits, calling people on the phone and going in and having meetings and steak dinners and going in and doing the hard sell so much more, it's products that are just being used by normal employees, normal people on the ground. They're picking up tools that they maybe want to use for free and they solve a small problem. And that's kind of how products are being adopted before like the senior management even know about it. And I think that's really exciting because it's a world where better products and products that really solve problems have a much higher chance of winning rather than whoever has the best sales team is going to win. You just hope that the product will be adopted at some point in the future. I find that really exciting that seems to be the trend in B2B software right now where, I mean, I've never really viewed to be much of a line between B2B and B2C in terms of like everyone at the end of the day as a consumer, everyone's a person, they still want to use easy to use software. So why should you have products that are easy to use for <laughs> consumers and then make it difficult to use in the enterprise? You're still people, you're still trying to get a job done. So I think it's an exciting time where more and more like, you know, you look at the Shopify's of the world or you look at like Zoom video conferencing and people like that who are yeah. seeing tremendous success building massive, massive businesses in industries where they were previously dominated by these kinds of much more old school sales-led organizations. I think the future is very bright for like product first, product focused companies in the B2B space. You bring up yeah. a great point. The idea that, again, you're democratizing this idea that tools are free or available. And maybe that's where you saw the trends where startups were the ones that early adopt this because they could and they were looking for any mm. particular problems. And now you're seeing that as more and more of these types of tools are becoming available or people are using it, whether it's, you know, hey, I got invited into a Slack channel and now it's like, oh, I can use yeah. that tool for my next thing. You're seeing this evolution of early stage adoption by startups and smaller companies being adopted by grassroots teams within an enterprise and that. So it'd be interesting to see how that yeah. actually plays out from an innovation perspective. We talk a lot about corporate innovation and how can corporates think and act and move more like startups. And that's one of the ways sure. that we feel is an opportunity is to test and try and build, use tools out there that you don't have to necessarily go to IT to get support for. And, and <laughs> totally. The quicker you can get from, I need to do this thing to having a tool that can solve that problem. <laughs> Everyone wins. The individual feels better, can do their job better. The company does better because those individuals are not wasting time and they're probably spending less money. And companies that are selling tools get their tool into the hands of real people quicker and the best products end up winning. So I feel like it's a really good time to be building any kind of product or software that helps people get their jobs done better. <laughs> And that's one of the reasons I like Go Squared and that the ability to get close to the customer, you know, by putting that little, mm. you know, again, short snippet of code into my website and then being able to have immediate feedback from customer where they kind of sure. chat with you and, and have that conversation. I think that has changed the dynamics of how people build products of that as well. It's because it's no longer the, you have to wait for the salesperson to come back and tell you what the customer is really saying. It's like immediate feedback directly <laughs> yeah. from the customer. So those are some yeah. of the trends that we're seeing as well. It's a really exciting time. And also just in addition to that, I just think it's just getting so much quicker as a product builder to go from having an idea to testing it out and then developing it into a, an actual viable business. You can get a landing page up so quickly and you can 
accept payments more easily than ever. And, and you can often do so much to kind of prove an idea without even needing to write much code. You know, things like Zapier and Airtable and things like that, which you can hook all together without needing to necessarily get a team of engineers together. You can get so far towards proving an idea and building your first group of paying customers that just time to go from idea to first customer, I think is just shrinking so, so quickly. That's only <laughs> increasing even further than where it is today. So yeah, it's just an exciting time to be in that space. Absolutely. The last topic I want to touch on is the fact that you guys are based in London. So the <laughs> idea of building a tech company outside of core tech hub, obviously London's a pretty big tech hub in, in Europe, but yeah. it's not Silicon Valley. It's not New York. What was it like to build a technology company, especially in the early days when you know maybe London wasn't at the forefront mm. of some of this new technology stuff? What was it like to build a technology company and continue to build a company outside of the valley, so to speak? We never really made a, a definite choice on this. You know, we were kids at school. <laughs> um, we <laughs> used to hang out at school and maybe go to the coffee shop down the road after school was over and geek out on what we had learned and what we were building and stuff. We'd then go home and we'd each sort of work away on various stuff. And I guess in many ways, we were more like a remote company originally because we were just each working from our, you know, we're living with our parents and everything. And we didn't have Slack back then. It was like Google, Google chat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we would just build stuff like that. I know in the early days, we were very, very inspired by what I guess Basecamp is their name now, but back then they were called 37 Signals and they put this book out called Getting yeah. Real. And that was like a Bible to me. It was just so inspirational of like, build software, charge for it. Doesn't really matter where you are, just make sure you're solving problems. And it was just such a good guidebook for us. And we were just doing that and, um, and just, you know, trying to get the word out as best we could by sharing on our blog and things like that. So we never really thought about, should we be in San Francisco or not? And then as time's gone on, you know, once we left school, we ended up being in London. And I remember back when we were in London, there were only two co-working spaces in the whole of London. And one of them didn't even have proper desks. So like <laughs> we were, it was just such a different time back then. I just remember for the first time, like getting into, it was like White Bay Yard was where we were based out of and meeting other people that were doing similar stuff to us. They were building software that were trying to build tech companies. And it was so exciting to meet other people that were sort of in the same space as us. Like I could never have predicted how huge it would get over time. Like now seeing that there's like, you can't walk five meters in London without <laughs> getting into another co-working space. So I feel pretty privileged that we're in London and we have such a good ecosystem. And I still feel like so much of what we've done to build this business has not really been based on our, our geographic location. It's been about trying to build the best product we can, trying to make sure we know who our customers are and understand their needs and trying to tell the world about it as effectively as possible. So whether it's talking on a call like this, where you're probably speaking across an ocean right now, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> and we've just kept doing our blog for many, many years, just sharing out whatever we've been learning. And I think that's been a big thing for us, trying to make sure we get the word out about what we're doing. In terms of you know how we've gotten exposure to Go Squared, we've never spent very much money on marketing or sales. We've always tried to just look at what we're doing as a company to build the product and how we can turn that into a form of marketing. So whether that's the product itself being nice enough and good enough that people share it, that's one way of getting people to know about us. We also just try whenever we learn things, whether it's how to code something or how to 
talk to a customer or something we learned from doing a certain like process. We always just try and share that on our blog. And because we've done that, we've always felt like we don't know as much as other people out there. But we've also realized over time, there's thousands of people that know a lot more about stuff than us. But for every one of those people, there's still people coming in today that are like building their first website today, building their first business today that can learn from us. And so we've always been trying to share as much of what we're learning as we go, knowing that hopefully it'll help some people out there. And if it helps them, then maybe they'll trust us to read a bit more content from us. And maybe eventually they'll trust us enough to Absolutely. sign up, try our product out. And that's kind of how we've always approached it. And we feel we can do that, like whether we're in London, whether we're in New York, whether we're in, I don't know, Alaska, I don't know, whether we're in <laughs> Italy, I don't know. You know, we don't really feel like we need to be in any specific geographic location. We like having a bit of freedom there and we're keen to keep growing the company. And we certainly don't feel like we need to be in San Francisco anytime soon. It seems like there's some big trade-offs of being there. <laughs> it's actually pretty nice being in, in a city like London where it's not just tech, you know, it's, it's right. tech. So much creativity, culture, like there's so many different industries in London. It's such a hot pot of, of exciting stuff going on. You know, we, we love that. So what's next for you and Ghost Squared? For me personally, one of my big milestones at the moment is I, I'm training for the London Marathon. So I've got, a, wow, <laughs> I've got a marathon coming up at the end of April, which is exciting. So I'm terrified about that because it's the first time I've ever done that. And then for the company, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We're actually introducing a free tier very soon. So we're going to be hopefully getting a, a lot of customers coming in and a lot of new users coming into the platform that previously maybe couldn't have afforded to use us or previously we might have been out of their reach. So we're, we're really hoping to get the GoSquare platform into the hands of a, a lot more people. Um, so that's a really big thing for us. And then there's a ton of exciting product stuff on the way. I mean, I'm really keen to get that stuff out the door. I love us having all these ideas and plans on the table. I, I'm so hungry to get them into, into the hands of more of our customers. So lots more to help our customers grow uh, going forward. It's going to be a busy and exciting year, I think. Brian. Excellent. Well, it's been fabulous talking to you, James. If people want to find out more about yourself or Go Squared, what's the best way to do that? Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. I guess the best place is the GoSquared website. So GoSquared.com. That's G-O-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D.com. And then it's GoSquared on Twitter as well. And I personally am James J. Gill on Twitter. I couldn't get the James Gill on Twitter. Someone, someone beat <laughs> me to it. So there's a little J in between the James and the Gill, but hopefully you'll find me. Yeah. <laughs> we will definitely link to that in the product notes here. Thanks cool. again, James, for being on the show. Really do appreciate it. Thanks so much, Brian. That's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at Artinger. Until next time, go out and innovate.